Good morning. Good morning. Can't say it any better than that hymn. Father, welcome your children through your son. Welcome, everybody. You know, I remembered years ago when I was um, a young, skinny assistant pastor, just to tell you how long ago this was. This mother comes out the door after service, and she's holding her baby, and she's got her little son with her, and the little son is holding on to mom pretty tight, and he looks up at me, and he puts his hand out, and he says, how you doing, God? Yeah, through the eyes of a child. Oh, if we could only see like children again. This last Tuesday, we had just finished staff meeting, and uh, the staff on Tuesdays meets down in the Concordia room, and we're done. And I'm walking down the hallway, and here's the four-year-old class from our preschool, all sitting on the bench, waiting to get picked up. And boy, they're excited, and they see me, and they start waving. And I went down the line and gave them all a high five, and I got them really excited. And then I thought, man, to have that kind of energy, that kind of enthusiasm, that kind of zest for life, to be a kid with open hands and a trusting heart. Now, I had to look at verse 16. It's the very last verse in the gospel lesson. It says, Jesus took the little children in his arms and he touched them and blessed them. And you know, I discovered something. I need that verse to be true for me. Not just for little kids, not just for all those great looking little kids we had up here this morning but I need that verse to be true for me. I need to know that Jesus Christ can take an old guy like me and hold me, love me, care for me, forgive me, call me by name, and promise me that he will never let me go. Any of you want to sign up for that program? You know, as I listen to the world out here, I hear this message that I can be anything, sounds like the Marine Corps, be anything you want to be. You can do anything. All you got to do is get a life coach and get a little direction. And yet, my experience goes like this. I sometimes get afraid. Sometimes I'm scared. Sometimes my world feels out of control. In this boat that I'm supposed to be the captain of, it leaks. And it doesn't steer very well. So that if I learn anything from Mark 10 this morning, it's that I need a God with open hands and a trusting heart. Now, how many of us are old enough to remember that Concordia Publishing House picture of Jesus and the children. Yeah, man, it's a classic. I remember it being in Sunday school rooms 
We had it in our bedroom when I was a little kid, and it went from me to my brother to my sister. We all got a chance with it. But I had to wonder if if we were going to hang a picture in your living room today of what's going on in your life, that intersection between you and Jesus Christ, what would it be? You know, I was thinking about a picture of Jesus standing on an Interbell 270, and there's a five-car pileup out there, and he's just walking from car to car saying, peace be with you. Or can you see a picture of Jesus up in the dementia unit, St. Luke's Hospital? You know, that's the unit where they lock you down. And he's got this little old lady by the hand, and he says, I know who you are, and I can't forget you. Or Jesus standing over the body of a little eight-year-old boy who's just been shot. And his mother's standing there. And he says, peace be with you. Or in the living room of a couple and they're crying and their marriage is fractured. And they're afraid for their kids. They're afraid for themselves. And yet Jesus is there saying, I can be the way, the truth, and the life for you. What would that picture be for you today? You know, I pastors do strange stuff when we get bored. I uh, took a little time this last week and read through the first 12 chapters of Mark's gospel. And, you know, just kind of getting a feel again for what we're going to talk about this morning and I had just marvel at the disciples. The disciples never get it right. They always have the wrong answer. They're always looking at the wrong thing. They're aligning themselves with the wrong... I mean, come on, guys. To shoo the children away? I mean, really. I mean, that's politics 101. You always kiss the babies. And yet, the disciples never get it right. Children. Children in Jesus' time were actually of not much value. Outside of their parents thought they were pretty cute. They had no economic value. Matter of fact, in the Greek, the Greek word for child, paideia, also is used as the word for servant or slave. They're all interchangeable. They used to sacrifice children in the Roman Empire along the sides of the road to appease the gods. Children were of not much value, and yet what is Jesus' value? And it's important. Jesus values that which the world doesn't value. Jesus values those parts of us that don't feel so good all the time. You know, I've been wearing this stole all summer long, and a couple of you have commented to me about it. But the thing I love about this stole, and I wear it, wore it this summer to remind me of children, but even more, 
Every kid on this stole is smiling. Every child is smiling. And you know, I had to think of that picture from Kabul, Afghanistan, when they're evacuating the airport, and they lift that baby up. And they lift that baby up, and somebody grabs that, a Marine, I guess, grabs that baby, and they lift that baby over the fence, and that baby lives. That baby smiles. I don't know if you saw this news article. That baby is living in Arizona today with his family. But isn't that what we want a picture of our children being saved and being safe? Heard this interesting story. It's about a deaconess. Is Deaconess Rachel here today? Well, she didn't get a she got a sleep in today. Okay. Well, anyhow, this is about a deaconess, and her job is to give the children's sermon on Easter Sunday. So she gets all the kids up front, and she says to them, what, did, what were Jesus' first words to his disciples after God raised him from the dead? And you know, when you're given a children's sermon, you always got to have the answers. Okay, you never leave that to speculation. And they, she's looking for the answer, peace be with you, or she's going to give them that answer. And this little girl raises her hand and says, I know, I know. And the deaconess says, okay. She says, what did Jesus say to the disciples? And this little girl stands up and says, Jesus said, ta-da! Yeah, you didn't know where that was going, did you? Maybe not such a bad interpretation. You know, when I think of the energy, the enthusiasm, the open hearts, the joy, the smiles of those little kids down in our preschool, they're ta-da! And then I have to ask myself, how did we lose it? What stifled? What killed the ta-da in you and me? My grandson, Roman, he is now two years, three months, and he's talking up a storm and just is a lot of fun to be around. I got a new preacher back here. But Roman came home from daycare the other day with a new word. And it's a word that we don't use at home. And it was kind of interesting to watch my daughter and son-in-law as they tried to just pretend that word didn't matter. That, oh, we don't use that word. You know, let's think of another way to talk about that. Because you know as a parent, if you make too much out of it, 
Yeah, if you make a big deal out of it, Roman's going to go, hey, what's so special about this word? Maybe I should use it more often. But, you know, I got to thinking about it. You want to know what killed the tada and you and me? It's by the time he's five, he's going to have a couple more words. And by the time he's eight, he's going to have a bunch of buddies, and they're going to discuss those words and figure out the mysteries of this world. And by the time he's 12, it's going to be all about grades and computers, and God knows what technology we're going to have by then. And by the time he goes to college, there will be all kinds of words floating around, all kinds of ideas and right there, the idea is going to get planted that Christianity is optional. That Christianity is kind of one of those deals that you put in your back pocket in case you're going to need it someday. If not, you show up here a couple times a year and get your card punched. And then we go on and we have kids and families. We get divorced. We get married. All kinds of things happen. But those words never go away. We keep hearing, what kind of stuff do you hear? It's not all just Jesus, at least it isn't in my life. There's words about the markets and finances and my world and murder and all kinds of stuff. And yet the question of the day is, how open are our hands? How trusting are our hearts? Because I'll tell you this, all those little kids we had up here this morning, if they don't see us as trustable, they're not going to grow up to find the church trustable. And that's a word for parents today and grandparents that if we're not modeling Jesus Christ in our homes, it's not just the church's job, in our homes, we're missing the boat. Now, I would be remiss, you don't want to hear a lot of statistics from me, but I will tell you that one in six kids in America goes to bed hungry every night, and that by the time they're 15, 18% of girls have thought about suicide and 10% of boys. That's the world we live in. And I got to tell you, my heart broke when I watched Simone Biles testify in front of Congress. We let those little girls down. And we allowed it for political expedience, for the benefit of others, we sacrificed our kids. So if you're going to read Mark 10 today, let me ask you this. How many of us believe we bear the life of Jesus? I do. I believe I bear the life of Jesus Christ in this world. Sometimes I do a good job at it, sometimes I don't. But if I bear the life of Jesus, then I need to be asking, how am I blessing the kids? How am I following through on Mark 10?
Okay. <sighs> the pandemic, I haven't complained about that this morning. How many of us did jigsaw puzzles during the pandemic? If I never see another jigsaw puzzle, it'll be okay. If any of you need jigsaw puzzles, see me. Okay. But what's the first thing you do when you put a jigsaw puzzle together? You find the four corners, then all the straight pieces, and then I've got a tape measure because inevitably I don't get the pieces in the right order. Do you make sure I've got the right size? And then you take the thousand pieces or whatever you got left, and you sort them out, and you begin to put that picture together. Baptism. Baptism is God giving you the four corners and all those straight pieces. And then you know what he says? He says throughout your life, we're going to put that picture together. We're going to put that picture of what life together looks like, what life with Jesus Christ looks like. And this is the forgiveness of sins, that sometimes God's going to take a handful of those pieces and say, you don't need these anymore. Your life can be different. Your life can be changed. You can be a new person. And he takes those pieces and he gives us new ones. Well, I want you to think of children today as all those little kids with the four corners and the straight edges, and we're going to give them the pieces. And I suppose, you know, I put in the bulletin today a couple organizations like our preschool here at King of Kings. It's on the last page in your bulletin. There's our preschool here at King of Kings where we're always trying to make sure the kids can stay in preschool so that if something happens in their family, our ministry can be to continue to make sure they learn about Jesus. Or there's Lisa, the Lutheran Elementary School Association. Oh, look at They even got them on the screen for me. And they send about 600 kids a year to parochial schools, and half of those kids are non-Lutheran, so they can learn. Or you ask yourself, what's happening to all those refugee families that are coming to St. Louis? Christian friends and new Americans are caring for them. And I didn't recognize that last one. Lutheran Family and Children's Services. Yeah, I could not put them up there. They care for kids. So it's an amazing God we hear of today. A God who invites us to come and be held and to be blessed. A God who says, I have open hands and a trusting heart for you. And then he asks, will you take my open hands and trusting heart out into the world and bless the kids of all ages? Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.